I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Abundant Beans Podcast today. We have a special guest. Her name is Jamie O'Kane. She is normally the host. My name is Stephen Andrews. I produce her podcast and all sorts of different little pieces of content for her and her business. And I've seen firsthand over the past almost three years, two years, two and two and a half ish years, some number of years, <laughs> I have seen up close her own struggles, her own purpose, and how all of that works. And so today we're going to embarrass her a little bit and get some some true facts out of her. Uh, am I am I embarrassable though? We'll see. Yes. Oh. <laughs> we shall see. Um, Turn yeah, down a gauntlet. But your normal question is, "What mm-hmm. was your first job?" But we've had that answered before when <laughs> you were in the hot seat previously. Yep. I've been in the hot seat a couple times now. People yeah. like to put me in the hot seat. But so what I want to do today mm-hmm. is really nail down and kind of go down the path of um, your expertise, what mm-hmm. you're really passionate about, mm-hmm. why you're passionate about it, mm-hmm. um, and deliver as much help as we possibly can to any of our 26,000 monthly listeners. Can I just say like that continues to just like... Every time somebody's like, oh, yeah, I watched such and such, or this is my favorite episode or whatever, or you tell me how many listeners we have every month. Like, I just can't, like, my brain just doesn't, it just blows my mind every single time. It's kind of a big deal. (laughs) It's mildly a big deal. It is mildly a big deal. And I still don't, like, it just still doesn't compute. Yeah. That's a good question, actually. But Mm -hmm. before I I dive into my pre-setup questions for Mm -hmm. you. How has this, how has this content production journey been for mm-hmm. you from a seeing outcomes standpoint? Like the listener numbers, having yeah. people mention things. I know um, that you've previously mentioned when you were part of different business groups that people would say they loved this post or loved that mm-hmm. post. Mm-hmm. How has that been? Like, how has that computed? We're making an impact. I'm going to talk about impact a lot because that's kind of my that's kind of my buzzword right now. Um, we're making an impact on people, um, and it's moving businesses forward, like in just small incremental steps. Which you know, how do we eat an envelope? And I always want to say envelope, an was... elephant. <laughs> you know, it's one but at a time, mm-hmm. and if we can make small incremental changes or people can make small incremental changes or understand something about their business or what needs to happen next, Mm -hmm. you know, just in a tiny little way with, you know, each episode or whatever episodes resonate with them or the content we create or whatever, Mm -hmm. then I feel like we're doing, we're doing well. Yes. You know, I I, I concur with that. That's one of my big things too, is I just, I love making people happy or, (laughs) pushing it forward or whatever. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you know, that's also my jam, which is why mm-hmm. we get along. Um, but you know, it's, it, again, it's, it's still, I mean, what are we two and a half years in on this thing? Mm-hmm. And I still am just like, people actually listen. And episode 115 watch, went live today. And watch me talk mm-hmm. say um a thousand times and be a total dork <laughs> okay people I like mean, dorks it's okay <laughs> be a tax nerd <laughs> oh but yeah no that's that's definitely one of the things that i've noticed about you is, and that's one of the reasons why i love working with you mm-hmm. um is the fact that you not only are trying to grow your own business mm-hmm. and figuring out exactly what that entails um because it means something different for everybody yeah it's messy it's dirty it's not a straight line (laughs) there is is no this step that step this step Mm -hmm. um i keep looking for said straight line (laughs) but nobody seems to be able to hand it to me so um i've been looking for it my whole life i've just kind of accepted it that it's not there yeah um (laughs) 
<laughs> one step I have figured out is I'm a terrible employee and I just have to, I have to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, so one of your big things mm-hmm. is systems and processes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and oh <laughs> sorry, no, you're good. Okay, go ahead. So systems and processes is one of your big things. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a mutual friend of ours, uh, he had a uh, an episode of his own thing where he talks about how systems do exactly what they are designed to do. And a bad system will defeat a good person every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're going through this right now as you're, yeah. you're hiring a practice manager and all this I'm sort of fun stuff. To. how from your experience what tips do you have for anybody looking to hire looking to expand and build those systems within their business that they're a solopreneur and they're used to just doing everything and they've got their organization how do you put it into a box that you can then hand to somebody and it works for them yeah I think you know I I initially wanted to create all the systems before I hired somebody Mm-hmm. Um, and then they wouldn't use my systems. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I've, I have a long history of creating systems and businesses. Um, you know, the firms I used to work in, I'd create systems, you know, I was the systems person because I just, I have the ability to see the endpoint generally, uh, mm-hmm. where are we trying to go? Um, and how to get there? Um, which is why I'm such a great freaking tax planner, but Um, my, my advice is always to have the people who are doing whatever the project or task or whatever it is, have them create their systems. Mm -hmm. Um, but also have an idea of what those systems look like. Like what is the, you know, we always, um, I have a list of, um, you know, uh, you know, us and then all of kind of the tasks and who's responsible for them. Right now I have way too many responsible boxes, Um, but all of those tasks could have a process. Um, And then the next, so the first step is always to map the current process, what is currently happening um, before you decide to change it somehow, right? So is all the steps that we're trying to do getting us to our end point? What can we take out? Like I'm super visual. Mm-hmm. So I like a map. So I like, I like to map our processes out and I use flow charts. You can use Google suite, use Google suite for ours. Um, I love flow charts um, because that's where we find our efficiencies generally. Um, and honestly, a lot of it too is having somebody with outside eyes. So I can, I can walk into something and be like, okay, so we need a checklist for this and a system for this and whatever, because that's just how my brain works. Mm -hmm. Um, but work with somebody who also understands your processes and systems or needs to understand your processes and systems to at least like help you break out which ones need to happen Yeah. or, you know, which, you know, have, and so like our bookkeeping system, for instance, my mom does the bookkeeping for our clients. Um, but she always gets lost in the things she wants to do first, not the things mm-hmm. she's supposed to do first. Mm-hmm. So I created her a checklist, right? Yeah. So it's just as easy as a checklist. It doesn't have to be this mapped out process with all the lines and the prettiness, but that really does help people understand how things flow through yeah. the business or what the steps are. Um, you know, do the mapping on what matters you know, the, the more complicated ones, um, and start creating those efficiencies, start creating those checklists. Um, and it's the first time you've ever done something or it's something that's time to process, just write down the steps as you do it. Yep. Yep. Um, I love that. It's, it's nice and simple and to the point. One of the complexities that comes out of it that I know you've run into as well, mm -hmm. speaking specifically from, solopreneur or mm-hmm. one or two people trying mm. to do something when you get to that point where you're like oh man we're busy enough that we need to hire somebody mm-hmm. um and generally uh i know for myself uh doing v- video and photo and web production mm-hmm. and all that sort of fun thing i have a way that i like to do it mm-hmm. i have a standard that i like to maintain 
I have a look that I like. I've got a feel that I like. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with letting that go (laughs) or finding a way to leave yourself in the grunt position in some things, but offload other things that need to be done and setting that importance for which is more important for you to do and which is more important for the new hire to do. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is, um, especially for me, I tried for many years to hire a tax preparer and that Mm -hmm. never worked out. Um, and a lot of that is just because I'm just so technically sound in tax that it's really hard to meet my expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have two coaches, (laughs) that I work with and they both said, okay, well maybe offload some other stuff and you can do the tax returns. Yeah. Now by trying to hire this thing that is not working out for you. Yeah. By technically sound, what do you mean? Can you explain that? Um, yeah. So technically sound. So I have a, I've extensive background in tax. I have Mm -hmm. a background in being a tax reviewer. So I used to review staff's tax returns. I was a tax manager for many, many years. Um, On top of the fact that I spend a lot of time learning about what's new, what's coming up, how do we properly do this stuff. And all, you know, people that I've tried to hire, they just want me to tell them how this works instead of going and getting their own, you know, understanding of what needs to happen. Um, so, and that's just when we find a lot of mistakes and then I end up redoing tax returns and it's just not efficient. Yeah. You know, Cause then you're, you're, efficient. you're hiring for somebody to do this process, but then you're still having to come back behind and clean it up. Or I've been there myself. Yeah. Or do you, you know, like, instead of just like a cursory view of the return, like I have to go line by line. Yeah. And it's like, well, why am I even, <laughs> you just dot enter this very much faster. Yeah. So what you're saying is humbly, mm-hmm. uh, you are absolutely amazing at taxes and setting that up for your clients to save them the most, mm-hmm. be the most efficient, be within compliance yeah. um, and get them on their way to, to growing right. their business. Right. Um, and I always say, and we do your tax returns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have <laughs> and to do, we do the returns. <laughs> well, because we have to do the compliance on the back end, right? Yeah. Um, and if we're going to plan for you, we want you to be compliant, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not out here trying to put my ass on the line. Yeah. Um, you know, we're looking for, you know, our clients want to be compliant. You know, they want to save as much tax as possible. Um, they want to move their, their businesses forward and they want to be compliant. Yeah. So... That, Moving into taxes, I I know that you are an advanced tax planning specialist. Mm -hmm. You are certified tax coach. Certified tax coach, (laughs) Jamie (laughs) O'Kane. I enjoy playing with the radio voice every now. I know you do. (laughs) Um, So you're a certified tax coach. Yeah. Now you're layman's terms Mm -hmm. from me uh, is that your job is to find the most effective way to be compliant, lower Mm -hmm. somebody's tax liability, Mm -hmm. pay that tax liability Mm -hmm. and use the tax code to their advantage in every possible way that they can. Mm -hmm. Um, What I know you and I have talked in the background Uh like about, amazing things that you've been able to do. What's, what's one of the biggest tax savings that you've seen or most overlooked things that you've been able to help people with? So two things. So two right now. Um, one is um, a tax plan I did this year um, that saved the client um, like 60 grand for 2020. 60 grand for the, the year of work for 2020. So the mm-hmm. 2020 return coming up mm-hmm. in April. And then if they choose to implement what I suggested for 2021, they're looking at about 150 to 250,000 in tax savings. For one year. For one year. Essentially a quarter million dollars that saved the, in one year. Honestly, that was really fun. That's probably the funnest one I've done. <laughs> 
So I know you can't, and no, I ask, I ask questions and it. you can't tell like all sorts of things. <laughs> I um, can't talk about it. I can talk about some basics, but. Uh, what, what sort of revenue range was that, that they were looking uh, at? They're up in the four to 5 billion or four to 5 million. Four to 5 million billion. That's a big difference. I was yeah. Like, Whoa. Big, <laughs> no, we don't. We did have a deal with billion dollar companies then. Yeah. Those are, those, those are C-Corps. I don't know. <laughs> um, so let me just, I just kind of want to talk about some of the basics of what, what we ended up doing with this client. Yeah. We always do goal-based planning. So I always start there. Like your goal cannot be to reduce taxes because what are you going to do with those dollars? Mm-hmm. Right? So what do you want? Right? Um, and many of my clients, including this one, um, they want to do real estate investment at some point, either commercial or rental or whatever. So we structured their service-based business to um, allocate money to a different entity um, that will then invest, will retain those funds and give them the ability to invest. Oh, there you go. So it's all about structuring. Um, How are we structuring your business? Um, How can we um, income shift? You know, how can we take one set of income and move it to either a lower tax bracket or a different entity um, or a couple different entities? Just kind of depends on what they want to do. Yeah. Um, And then use those tax savings to move you towards your goals, right? So that might be a large amount of retirement. It might be real estate investment. It might be another, you know, maybe in, you know, another subsidiary or whatever. So we're just taking what the client tells us they want goal-wise. Um, and then we create tax savings that fits, um, you know, with their current business and what they're doing long-term. Yeah. Um, and it makes it sound really simple, but the tax code is created for small business owners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Who are currently in a lot of trouble. But. However, it's complicated, mm-hmm. right? It's complex. So with the advent of QEI, <laughs> we've added another, every time they change the tax code, they, they add another layer of ability for us to move stuff around. Oh, well, that's great. You know, and what does so, QVI mean? QVI is um, the qualified business okay. income deduction. So gotcha. what QVI did, this was the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Um, QVI did is it kind of even the playing field across entity types. Okay. So they made C corps a twenty one flat tax, mm-hmm. um, and then they gave the pass throughs a twenty percent deduction. Which kind of get kind of get kind of gets everybody in that like twenty ish range generally, depending yeah. on how things are structured and things like that. Our goal is always to is as to get our clients as close to that fifteen to twenty percent as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're bringing in five million, we're gonna max you, but we're also gonna probably move something to a lower tax bracket. Yeah, if we can. So, I mean, in a nutshell. That's how planning works. That's that's quite the nutshell. I'm sure there's quite the nut in there. <laughs> we have a lot. I mean, you know, it's like we pull this little lever or we put that one back or, you know, there's just, there's so many options. Yep. Um, and so many ways we can do things. Yeah. How, um, how does the scale of the business A, affect uh, your ability to service them Mm -hmm. and how does it affect uh, the services that you're able to provide and the savings that you're able to provide? Um, Um, I'm thinking their business. Yeah. I'm thinking like if a quarter million dollar or not quarter Mm -hmm. million, a quarter billion Mm -hmm. dollar company reached out to you and like, Hey, Mm -hmm. we want you to be our accountant. Mm -hmm. How would that filter in through your processes? And then what sort of possibilities are there? Yeah, that's not really, so that's um, offshore and, you know, out of our scope generally. Yeah. Um, you know, our sweet spot is that one to 10 million. Okay. 
Um, there you go. You know, three to 10 employees probably. Okay. You know, um, or moving parts. Um, you know, I always say like, do you have rentals you're selling? Do you have, you know, or do you want to invest in rentals? Like it doesn't have to be that 1 million because that's a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be that. It has to be companies that want, that know what their goals are and have the cash to move, make moves. So we can't do tax planning <laughs> without cash. Yeah. Yeah. So it needs to be a healthy business. Yeah. We can save you cash. Yeah. But it costs cash to cash, cost cash to save you cash. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So growing your business. No. You go above and beyond uh, to talk to your clients about you need to raise your prices. You to. need to hire this person. You need to hire that person. Mm-hmm. What does it mean <clears throat> to be a healthy business uh, just from a cash flow standpoint? Let's start there. Um, I would say, I mean, and this looks different for every owner, right? Um, I, owners generally have in their mind a happy cash amount that they like to have in the bank. And some are more willing to have no cash in the bank than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so a healthy cash flow is really kind of subjective per, you know, the client. Mm-hmm. But generally we like to see that's kind of that financial advising advice, but like three to six months of expenses. Can you cover payroll? Can you cover rent? Can you cover, you know, what are your fixed expenses and can you cover those with your savings or do you yeah. have that money in cash? So that um, way, if you hit a rough spot, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, or are you looking at a pile of cash you don't know what to do with? You have too much. Um, I actually did a webinar or uh, yeah, I did a presentation on this for Rice Workplace with my our friend Stacey Tobin. Um, you know, what can we do with our cash? But the more cash you have, the better we can plan, mm-hmm. the better you can, you know, make money. But on the other hand, you know me, I'm all about paying vendors that paying, paying our vendors, paying them as quickly as possible, um, making sure that people are taken care of on our end. And that really just kind of fits into the whole abundance thing that we are all working on mindset wise on a daily yes. basis over here. Um, but if my people are taken care of and all my bills are paid and everybody's everybody that's working for me is good, I'm in a happy cash place, regardless of what my cash balance looks like. So it's different for everybody, right? And I have to say I appreciate that because I have had <clears throat> I have had people attempt to stiff me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I, I moved to you. Yeah, no, it won't be you. And that's <laughs> why personally I, I was like, you know what? No, you're gonna pay me ahead of time because I know yeah. I'm gonna deliver it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm not shady, but I don't know about you. Yeah. <laughs> not um, you specifically, but yeah. And you know, I think part of it too is, and I think we talk about this all the time, but when people have skin in the game, it could be 10 bucks in the game. They're more, they care likely, a lot more. To, they're more likely to show up. Mm-hmm. They're more likely to interact. They're more likely to do what I ask them to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And by paying you as soon as I get your bill or as soon as it's due, I create goodwill. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have you who will, I mean, I don't do this on purpose, but you'll drop stuff and handle stuff if I need help. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'll bend over backwards. Because I'm good for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And I'm always like, just bill me. Yeah. You know, you will get paid for your time. Um, and that. I don't know if you believe in karma, if you believe in, I don't even know what, um, I started doing that in our business from day one. Um, and am I where I want to be in our business? No, we're not there yet. We're not at the growth level I want to be at. Um, but I feel like we've created a lot of goodwill. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's all I wanted to do. And that going, this will be a little bit of a sidebar, um, but going philosophically, that's where it comes down to the the difference between building the tallest building in town and like doing your thing, uh-huh. which very statistically 
an incredibly small amount of us get to do it. I want you to get there. I want to help you get there. Yeah. But if you don't get there, what sort of life did you live? Right. Who did we have positive impact on? Yeah. Right. If your only objective is to build the tallest building and then you're not able to do that because circumstances in life, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. 2020 for me was awful. Uh Um, But my friend. Yeah. So if, if it, it comes down to that balance that you have to strike between being a good human and all that sort of fun stuff. And yeah. I think oftentimes I've seen uh, startups or, or business people believe that they have to be cut through to build that. And then it doesn't work out. And then nobody wants to help them when they're down on their knees. Nope. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, abundance, you know, abundance is a, is a huge, it's just, it's a buzzword now. Yeah. Um, but there really is an abundance versus scarcity mindset. Um, and you have to choose abundance every day, every Every minute almost. Yeah. It's hard. (laughs) Um, it's, it's a hard decision to make, but, um, if we continue to do that, I find it always works out in the end. Mm -hmm. You know, if I Mm -hmm. value myself, and I value others, it tends to work out. Yep. And those that aren't that 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 aren't supposed to be here or have this guy's into scarcity mindset, they go. Yep. And they should. So moving back mm-hmm. to growing your business. Mm-hmm. When when you work for somebody else, when you're in the corporate structure, mm-hmm. you do not own a hundred percent of your labor. You're if you owned hundred percent of your labor, you would be paid a lot more than what you are at your mm-hmm. $20 an hour, $25 an hour, $30 an hour, whatever it might mm-hmm. be for the process that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes that's how businesses will start is somebody has a craft. Mm-hmm. They know that they're not getting paid for hundred percent of their labor mm-hmm. and they go and start doing it on the side and they try to build it up. One of the big pitfalls that they run into is they price themselves at what they're getting paid in the corporate structure, which they're not getting paid 100%. So now they're just a discount person who's working their asses off and they're like, why am I not getting anywhere? So when it comes to raising your prices mm-hmm. and somebody has moved from the corporate structure, they're now on their own, they're making just as much as they made working for somebody else, but they're working so much harder because they have to do all the admin work. They have to do all the billing. They have we to, don't get paid for any of that. Yeah. They have to do all the marketing and everything like that, but they're established, right? And they need to raise their prices, yeah. but they're terrified. If they double their prices, they're going to lose all their people and there's going to be nobody else to go find mm-hmm. because that's what they get paid over there. So that must've been what, like, they just draw that connection to what they're being charged. So how do we how do we move from the people that are that you currently have that you're not getting paid enough for? Mm-hmm. There's another layer of people who want to pay you double to do mm-hmm. the work. Yeah. I think first is to figure out how much you want to make. So how much do you want to make? And then how many hours do you actually want to work? Long term. Zero. Zero. Right. Long term. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Um, so let's say, so for us, um, one of the things I did this last year was I sat down and I figured out how much per hour we're kind of making per client. That was a very eye opening. Was it painful? Um, It wasn't that painful actually. that's Um, That's good. I'm pretty good about pricing and we can talk about what I just did in our firm, which was like, I didn't sleep for about a week. Oh, um, but um, what, how much do you want to make? Is that $150 an hour? You know, how much do you want to make? Mm-hmm. How much do you really want to work? And then allocate your time. So if you want to make 150 bucks an hour, that's what you want to kind of net, you know, and not whether that's like you have a, you know, maybe you have a $10 million business and this is what you want to make. You've got a $0 bottom line. Yeah. What do you want to make? And then take your 40 hour week and say, well, I really spend 20 hours doing admin. So I can really only produce for 20. Right. 
So you have to make $300 an hour, Mm -hmm. right? To cover that admin time. But just think about where you want to go, what kind of business you want, and then back into what that looks like. There you go. Early, weekly. What do you need to charge people monthly? Um, We had not done a price increase for about three years. Um, We had rolling agreements. And honestly, I just didn't want to build. I just didn't want to deal with it. I let it slide. Um, And I'm going to be 100% honest about the shit I don't do right in my business. I let it slide. Um, Because I just didn't want to deal with it. I had a podcast I was running. I was doing it into tax council stuff and it just never happened. But I've spent 60 hours in CPE this last year. We've helped our clients with PPP loans. I've learned more than I ever want to know about being a banker. (laughs) Um, And it had to happen this year. Yeah. Um, Most of our clients uh, got a... 100 to 200% increase. In oh, fees. wow. That's a big old increase. Uh, it was painful. Yeah. Um, I built a whole pricing calculator this year as well. Um, I'm trying to systematize our pricing. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of, you know, me just dividing a it number. after out of the, out of the air, which I'm pretty good at, Yeah. but other people can price now in the firm. Um, and I sent all these out. I sent all the proposals out. Um, some people I talked to first. Um, and we customized our packages for our clients. Um, and we now have less clients. And we finally hit my monthly recurring revenue target that I've been going for for years. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I remember what that target is. So yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it's been something we've been working towards. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't work if I don't. If I don't walk my own talk mm-hmm. about value. Yeah. And now I'm sitting on the third legislation for 2020 um, <laughs> that expanded the PPP loans, expanded the um, employee retention credits. Yep. And I'm learning again when I should be spinning up tax return, spinning up tax season, which just was delayed. Yep. It's going to pee. I'm just going to say a massive clusterfuck. Of course it is. Of course it is. I mean, if anybody's watched the news at any point in the past two months, they know everything is a clusterfuck. Yes. Um, but I mean, specifically tax season, it, it, there's a lot of things going on. There's been a lot of stimulus to happen and a it happens, lot, happened in different ways without guidance to you. You know, a lot of this, and that's what we're waiting for. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting for guidance, which means forms are going to change, which mm-hmm. means and I, I kind of just want to explain this because I think it's important for people to understand. The legislation comes through, the IRS has to interpret it. They mm-hmm. have to put it on the forms. The software comp- companies have to each, we all, and there's like, I don't know, a dozen mm-hmm. professionals, tax software companies have to adopt those changes within mm-hmm. the forms test them to make sure all the coding works and then release it and i'm sure there's a thousand other steps i'm sure that somebody will be like well actually here's the whatever yeah there is a process to this and the irs has to update their own systems Mm -hmm. there's a lot of moving parts and they are big moving parts not (laughs) small ones not something you can flick or just move over it's so right now they moved the e-filing date for individuals. Usually that happens like they open e-filing the third week of January. So usually right about now. Yeah. They moved it to February 12th. Oh, wow. There are a bunch of people who are going to be, I call it the big toilet bowl in the sky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your return goes into a big toilet bowl in the sky when it is e-filed. Mm-hmm. And then the IRS does drains into their system from mm-hmm. the big toilet bowl and all the softwares go all up into those toilet bowls. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't, that's just the visual I've always had. It's <laughs> a funny visual. I like it. It's hilarious. <laughs> so your return goes into the e-filing toilet bowl. 
right? From all the other, you know, all the, all the softwares P into said bowl, all of the returns, mm -hmm. and then the IRS drains them because they call them drains. So to me, it's a toilet bowl. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and the IRS drains them, right? So there's a ton of people having their returns, you know, pre-prepped or whatever. And then they're all going to go into the toilet bowl in the sky. And then the IRS is going to start draining them on February 12th. Yeah. My clients are not going to be in that toilet bowl. Yeah. I'm, my clients are not test people. We don't test things on my clients. You're going to make sure everything's right. <laughs> right. So we'll wait. We'll wait a few days. It's just like, I don't file anything on April 15th because you know what happens most April 15th? Everybody files. The system goes down. Because everybody files. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, no. If I can avoid filing on April 15th, I will. Usually like April 13th is my cutoff. Yeah. Because if it gets rejected or whatever, we have a few more days to fix it. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's just important to understand kind of how that process works. Sure. Yeah. You can file, but the IRS still backlogged as mm -hmm. well right now. They still have billions of pieces of mail they're going through. Millions. Wow. Millions. From, from like 2019 returns. Well, yeah. Well, for, from 2020. Yeah. Um, my biggest piece of advice this year, don't mail anything to the IRS. I, I just mailed them a check like two weeks ago. Direct pay is your friend. <laughs> Shit. They're cashing checks. <laughs> well, that's They good. are cashing checks. Well, um, but people good. are be like, well, my return's not processed, but they cash my check. I'm like, those are two different departments. Yeah. They open the envelope. And they go, the ooh, checks. money. They cash the <laughs> checks, right? And then it all goes in the processing pile to be yeah. processed file. Wow. And they're not at full capacity right now. Yeah. And they're dealing with more legislation. I've got a friend who actually works for the IRS, and they're all working from home, and he is a gamer. So <laughs> I can attest to this first person. <laughs> we, have, we have an amended return that was mailed in April that still hasn't been processed. How do you, how do they, when and how do they tell you that they've been processed? You usually get an email, you get a letter that's been processed. Okay. Interesting. But they are sending out delinquency mail, email or letters and levy letters and <laughs> yeah, because it's all different departments. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen, and I talk about this every once in a while, but out there is a visual of the IRS, like, and the departments and like how they all kind of intertwine. And how everything is siloed. It's, it's a little, it's a literal labyrinth. Oh, wow. And I don't even do like, we don't do resolution. We don't do representation services. So my yeah. understanding of like how the IRS works is like solely on like, how do we file returns? Yeah. So how do you know how quickly, if there was a problem with your return, mm -hmm. would you know very quickly? Mm -mm. No. Well, if you e-filed it, yeah, potentially. Okay. Um, so we... The e-file system has um, has reject codes. So if so, like, let's say you already filed a return, right? Um, and I get a claim user dependent. Let's just say that because this, yeah. is, this is this is this is the scenario that happens all the time. Uh, but then your dad, the, your dad files or Krista files yeah. and tries to claim you as a dependent as well. It'll kick her back and say, kick that return back and say that dependent's already been claimed, right? Yeah. So there are filters already there's high level filters there, there there's like, some high level filters yeah um so no and refunds are going to be delayed again this year i had a bunch of people like i'm ready to get my refund in. i'm like i don't i can't help you i'm gonna that's pay all so all the irs yeah that's all i don't know how that yeah my job is to send it up to the toilet bowl in the sky yeah after that everything's out of my hands yeah Hmm. Well, that's good to know. All right. So <clears throat> real quickly, mm. growing your business is very important. Tax planning is very important. Systems and processes within your business are very important. Mm -hmm. If you could condense it down mm -hmm. and let's go with two, let's do with two things, two things that you should be doing with your tax or one thing that you should be doing with your taxes mm -hmm. to 
help your business along and help yourself along to mm-hmm. get to wherever you're trying to go. And then one tip for the medium sized three to $7 million a year business. A tax tip or just a tax tip. Okay. First thing you need to do in your business is make sure you have proper bookkeeping. <laughs> so wait, you mean QuickBooks isn't enough? I can't just put it in myself and like pray. I mean, you could. Yeah. Um, if the PPP loans didn't convince you that you need to have proper bookkeeping, I don't know what will. And the thing with that being that they're being counted as income, correct? Well, no. Now, if you want to get draw two, you have to have a de- decrease in a, a specific decrease in revenues quarter over quarter. So oh, you can't wow. just take your Schedule C and be like, oh, well, here, decrease. No. So you have to prove. Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I was not eligible for PPP because I did not lose any business due to it. So the first PPP loans, you didn't have to have a decrease in business. Oh, I thought you did. Mm-mm. Well, then maybe I would have um, been okay. Basically, there had it to be economic uncertainty, which we all had. Yeah. Um, and still have, honestly. And still have. Yeah. Um, the second round, if you want a second draw, um, you have to show quarter over quarter losses. Quarter over quarter gotcha. losses. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The other issue... So proper bookkeeping, I'm just going, this is number one, proper bookkeeping and proper tax compliance, because if you want to buy a house or you want a PPP loan, or you need an EIDL loan, you have to have proper compliance. Mm -hmm. If you're an S corp shareholder, who's not paying themselves payroll, guess how much PPP loan you get? Zero. You got your stimulus. I told those people. Because they've avoid, they've been avoiding Medicare and Social Security taxes for however long they haven't been taking payroll. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't feel bad for you. Yeah. Proper tax preparer who actually is looking at things and is mm-hmm. up to date. Gotcha. I just looked at some tax returns and the preparer filled out the returns incorrectly and it cost the client $10,000 in taxes per year. Oh, wow. And to amend these returns, because she didn't check correct box, we have to go to the IRS and ask them for permission. Mm. Because there's a whole new audit regime on partnership returns. Yep. That I know about because I'm up to date. Yep. <laughs> if your tax person is only a data entry person, you're going to find yourself in, a, in hot water. Or paying too much tax. Yep. So then moving on to thing two, three to seven million dollar business, doing mm-hmm. pretty good, healthy margins, mm-hmm. but they're they feel stuck. They're not moving towards their goals. What do they do? They get some outside eyes. Yeah. Um, you don't know what you're missing until yep. somebody else finds it for you. Can't see the forest for the trees. And you shouldn't. I don't yeah. see the forest for the trees in my own business. I say this all the time. I have, again, I have two coaches. Yeah. Somebody was like, why two? And I'm like, because I need them. <laughs> don't, don't, don't take my coaches away I've from me. I've always like had them. coaches. I've always yeah. had coaches in my business because the value of outside eyes is just so valuable. The so amount of stuff I've checked off my list this last year which even I feel overwhelmed and like nothing's happening all the time. But if yeah. I go back and look at the stuff I finished, I finished a whole rebrand and a website. <laughs> you and I were talking about this before we spend up. Yeah. That website is a beast. This isn't just a slap it up on Squarespace websites. This is two content people, mm-hmm. marketing strategy, a podcast moved over properly, right? Lord did all that. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've ever had to do content for a website, it's, it's just massive. It's massive. It's it's a um, massive project. And I went through two content. So we used two different content people because mm-hmm. the first set was just not quite right. Yeah. Um, and then so they took it and made it what it needed to be. There you go. Um, it's been a beast. This has been a six month 
project to do. And now I've got more work on the back end. <laughs> but it needed to happen. Yep. Um, I'd been wanting a rebrand. And this was the year to do it. It was. And it's the perfect rebrand. I'm just saying. People are real excited about it. Everybody who's looked at it is... I'm I've gotten nothing but uh, but fa- positive feedback, which is great because I worked my ass off on this thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, trying to position two businesses into one, that was real interesting. Yep. But you did uh, Well, we did it. And we're going to have more messes on the back end, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess my biggest tip for business owners is always that outside eyes. But if you think you're paying too much in taxes, have somebody look at it. You might be. You might be. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you all a tip. Figure out your effective tax rate. What is your effective tax rate? And that means what you're actually paying. What you're actually paying. Just do it on your federal return. That's the easiest way to figure out. Mm-hmm. So th- how do we do that? We find the total tax line on our 1040, which I don't even know what line that is anymore because they keep changing my form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you del- and you divide it by your taxable income line. Again, mm-hmm. I don't know what line that is, but just find it. It's on page two <laughs> of your 1040. Is that more than 20, 25%? Mm-hmm. You're probably paying too much in tax. It's important things to know. It's important things to know. Most people don't know how to do that calculation. Well, I'm glad that you just gave it to us because <laughs> we all need it. Because I'll have people be like, because one of, one, of, one of the questions in our intake is, what is your effective tax rate? And most people say, I don't know. It's like 40%, 30%, 40%. And I'll go and I'll I hope it's not 40. And That's I go and I real go, high. Do you know it's 18? Yeah. Like just so you know, it's actually not, so not that crazy. So it feel like you're paying a lot. Yeah. But you're really not. And you're yeah. right in kind of our sweet spot. There you go. That. Well, thank you, Jamie. You're we always welcome. appreciate it. And it's nice to put you in the hot seat for a little bit. Uh, oh, I got to talk tax nerd stuff even. Well, you know, I just wanted to move it along to the things that you're comfortable with and all that sort of thing. Yeah, well, and I also think, you know, I'm going to actually do one more thing. Go for it. I also want to talk about one more thing. Know where you want to go. If you feel stuck, where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And how do you get there? And that kind of goes back to my like dollars per hour situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want a million dollar firm mm-hmm. with 100 clients, 100 client relationships. Okay. So you know the math. So the math comes down to $800 a month per client. For 100 clients. Do you know how many people you need to hire to make that happen? Yeah, Just taking sure that a step further. I'm not quite sure of that yet. <laughs> yeah, it depends on how everything goes. I can handle 100 relationships, but that means yeah. somebody else needs to be doing all yeah, the Yeah, no, you can handle stuff. the relationships, but then somebody else needs, yeah. Yeah. So. Um. So that's what we're working on right now. It's there trying to find somebody to offload kind of the brunt of the project management, you know, implementation, you know, yeah. processes and systems, me creating all the projects kind of a situation. Yeah. Um, that would take a huge amount of stress off of me. Um, the biggest, so the biggest change I made, and I, and I say this a lot, there's a couple, couple changes and I just, I'm just going to talk about stuff. Yeah, go for um, it. I hired Emily yep. about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and Emily handles the podcast. Emily handles the guest situation, yep. which right about when Emily came in, blew up on us. Yes. We, we built a wonderful system. It machines now. <sighs> but it's a lot to handle. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful machine that we built with this podcast that just started churning in potential guests for you. Amazing guests. Yeah. Like I, so, but so Emily vets guests, Mm -hmm. she handles the scheduling of the guests. She does all of that for us. Um, There's no way I could have handled that 
like I brought her, like she came in at like yeah, just this, the right time. This really did kind of explode on like now, like I thinking back, like I would be crying. Yeah, if I had to handle that, on top yeah. of. Yeah, just thinking back now, like this really did explode on you. We did. Like we kind of had like. <laughs> Kind of like get going, get going, get going. And then it was like a hundred people a day are listening, 200, mm-hmm. 300, then boom, 700. We hit a thousand. Like we still hit a thousand, 1100 every couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now that's so, awesome. I mean, the podcast is a part time job. You know, people are always like, I don't know how you do a weekly podcast. I was like, well, at this point, I pretty much just host it. Yeah you know, because you're handling a production. Thank God. Um, I always say that was one of the best things I ever did when we decided to do this. So like, yeah, you know, then I have to edit and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what are you talking not, about? that's not the high and best use of my time. And I knew that yeah. from, the, from the get go. Yeah, Could I learn how to do all this? I'm pretty savvy. I can figure a lot of stuff out. Yeah. You but wouldn't I be an accountant at that point anymore. But though. I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. Right. The other thing and the biggest change we've made in our business and I, and I talk about this a lot is um, we implemented a proposal software oh, that there you go. took our onboarding process from about two hours to about 20 minutes. There you go. And that's been a huge change and it does all our recurrings for us and the client can go in and update their own payment stuff. They don't send it to us. There you go. It's been hugely beneficial. Um, to get people, you know, here and paying us and, you know, what they need. Yeah. Um, Cause I would send them proposals forever. Cause I'd like him and ha and I don't know, what do you need? How do we do this? And then yeah. I have to send you agreements and that takes forever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but now I pop it into our practice ignition and it sends these gorgeous proposals, you know, and it's been a game changer. That's us. awesome. That's amazing. So, so are, get proposal are, software. That, that's the third tip. Really? <laughs> you know, once you have mapped out your processes, you'll you, figure out where your bottlenecks are, mm-hmm. right? And the proposals were one of my bottlenecks because they were mine. I was mm-hmm. the only person who could price. And then I'd finally price somebody and they say yes or no, or they'd have a bajillion questions. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally said yes, then that would kick off our whole system, which was like, send them the payments. We have to do their agreements. Like it was just, it was just a lot. It was a bottleneck because I didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. And it didn't help. No. Which is probably why I sat on our pricing for so long. Quite honestly. It definitely played into it. I would imagine. It did. definitely played into it. I put hindsight is 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Our, you know, our proposals off situation ended up being a bottleneck. So we found a solution. There you go. You know, Look at you, you know that you only know that if you've, if you go if, through the process, if you go through the process or one of the other things is you just keep a list of like, what do I hate doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good list to keep because those are the things you need to get rid of. Or hand to somebody else. Yeah. You know, they need to be automated or they need to be handed over. Yeah, precisely. I learn a lot as a business owner, kind of on a daily basis. There you go. Um, and I try to be transparent about we don't have all this all figured out. Yeah. And I have to remember that other people don't either, regardless of what they might act like. <laughs> We're all trying to look like we know everything that's <laughs> going on and it just ain't true. And I don't. Yeah. I'm actually pretty happy to say I don't because I don't yeah. have to live that life. Yeah, it's a stressful <laughs> life to live. I see a lot of people, people that, yeah, no, I see people walking around like, oh, I've, I've got this and I'm good and great. I'm like, okay, $30,000 a year billionaire. Like, come on, man, it's fine. Like, relax. I can't tell you how many times I've looked at somebody's, you know, returns or they want to do a call or whatever. And there's people that are fronting mm-hmm. that they're very successful. And many of them are on the way to that. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that's, it's not true because they're walking their original, their, their soon talk generally. Yeah. But then being like, Oh, you know, I thought you were a million dollar company at this point. Yeah. You know, or whatever, well, just kind of based on whatever. Just on the, the personality that they put out there. Yeah. But that's not yeah. reality. No. It's and that's not. rarely reality. 
Getting a million dollar company is hard. Getting a two million dollar company is hard. Getting a three After million dollar you company hit that is hard. Two, once once you hit one, this is what I'm being told. I haven't been there yet. Once yeah. you hit one, you have to scale to two. Mm-hmm. But once you hit two or three, you generally have the processes and systems in place to get to four, five, ten. Yeah, and kind of start making those hops. Mm-hmm. It's good to know. I got to get to work. <laughs> we will get there. I want to. I want to build that <clears throat> that empire for myself. I want to. Yeah. Like that's that's my goal. I'm definitely not there yet. No. Um, we're not. I grew 400 percent right? from year one to two, mm-hmm. and then 2020 happens. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying to. This year, yeah. I want to make another big growth year for myself. Yeah, us too. Um, yeah. This needs to be a growth year, yeah, for us um, to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, but this focus on impact mm-hmm. that you know has really kind of come to light the last few months um, is that we're making impact on our clients via mm-hmm. tax, um, via tax help, but also just support services. Period. Like mm-hmm. you have something you need to talk about in your business, shoot me an email. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. That's why you pay monthly yeah. because I'm here for you because we're yeah. here for you. Um, what is the impact we're making? Um, but also because I care about the profession, what am I modeling in this profession that is giving the permission for other people to do? Yep. Or just our clients in general. Yep. Or the vendors or whatever. Um, well, perfect. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> an hour and a half I think, later. <laughs> I think that's all I've got for you. Yeah. I think that's all I've got You got, got me rolling. You. Hey, you know, that's my job. <laughs> well, just uh, got, just got to press the buttons for you to go. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. You're welcome back anytime. On my own but yeah, no, it's always a pleasure. A, a, as a friend, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, it's B, been a little as, while. As uh, a client, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and then just as a uh, colleague and cohort and uh, shenanigans causer. Yeah, the shenanigans are real a lot of the time over here. Um, yes. You know, if we're not shaking shit up. Yeah. What are we doing? Oh, and I will say, I have to brag on you just a little bit. Uh, Jamie, a works really hard to make everybody like fucking move forward. Like they're supposed to, mm-hmm. that's real Stephen coming out when you hear the F bombs come. <laughs> um, but, uh, Jamie is also a wonderful, uh, I'm going to say colleague, uh, because all of us business owners, we're colleagues and we have to work with each other and we have to understand each other and we need each other around, mm-hmm. uh, because everybody it's the different eyes, right? You need mm-hmm. outside eyes. Um, Jamie has referred multiple people to me for business mm-hmm. and it's been absolutely amazing. And yeah, no, I think, you know, I've, I've realized that one of my superpowers is seeing the, through the bullshit, mm-hmm. um, getting to the actual problem mm-hmm. um, and supporting people in fixing it. Yep. You know, like that's just, I guess who I am and what I do. It's just one um, of your things. And it's just interesting. People always say, oh, well, you just really have like really good advice. And that's just because I can see the problem. Mm-hmm. I can see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a superpower. Yep. Or that's just what I'm good at. And if we all can figure out what that, that power is, we can direct it for good. Which is why we've refocused, you know, we've really focused the firm on planning. Yep. Because that's where we provide the most impact. There you go. Know what you do, know what you do well, and do that. And that's hard. Yes. It's hard. It's very, when very hard. Our colleagues are doing thousands of tax returns in four months. The colleagues right. are doing tons. Um, it's different than what's going on. Mm-hmm. All People the self doubt that an entrepreneur deals yeah. with. It is. It's hard. It's hard to run a different business than yes. the rest of the industry. Um, but on the other hand, I'm giving other people permission yes. to do this. Precisely. As well. Um, it's impact. Mm-hmm. It's 
kind of our it's my it's my buzzword for the for the year. It really just feels like it. Okay. Um, I like it. Just because, you know, it's just come to light that the people that are our clients are the ones that are ready for some impact. Yep. And I know everybody's ready to go right now. But we do have to wrap this up. Okay, fine. <laughs> we could hang out so, all day. <laughs> thank you for A, letting me host and B, being you. You're, uh, you're very much appreciated. Love um, you too. <laughs> um, but yeah, be sure to uh, to listen in next week. Uh, we're going to have all sorts of fun stuff coming y'all's way. And I'm super stoked to see where Jamie takes this over the next year, two years, three years, however long. Um, and the impact that she's going to have on all the businesses and that she already has had. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.